welcome to the Stalk and I podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host, Mel Johnson, the solo motherhood coach and solo mum to a three-year-old daughter. We're a series one of the podcast focused on making the decision to become a solo mum. Series two is covering the process itself. Each week, I'll chat to a different guest to cover each step of the process of becoming a solo mum. And where the first episode of the series started with me talking to the dating guru, James Priest, that's also how I'm ending the series. We've covered every step of the process of embarking on solo motherhood throughout the series. And if you're still thinking that maybe it's not the right path for you right now at this moment, in the last episode of the series, I chat to dating coach Hayley Quinn for a different perspective on dating. Hayley is an internationally recognised dating coach and founder of the UK's largest dating coaching company. She has over 2 million views on her TED Talk and over 100,000 YouTube subscribers. I really loved having a conversation with Hayley and think it was the perfect way to end the series. Hayley, it's so nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Before we get into the topic, which is um, dating, would you like to just give yourself a bit of an introduction and maybe a little bit about how you became to be a dating coach? Absolutely. So hello, everybody, and thanks so much for having me, Mel. I'm super excited to do this podcast because, you know, I really like what you're doing and it, I think it really aligns with what I love to help teach women as well. Um, so I, I'm a dating coach. I work with men and women. I've been in the dating industry for over 10 years. I'm a bit of a dying dinosaur um now um i've done a ted talk which was actually focused on um child loss and what that means for your dating life so i think probably even though i've had slightly different challenges maybe to some of your listeners i think i can probably really relate and now i just love to work with women really helping them to feel empowered within their dating lives learning how to find dating motivating and fun and enjoyable and what i hear from women all the time is you know, they feel time pressure, that they feel flat, they feel demotivated. And I understand how hard dating can be. So I really want to help women, you know, get some good mindsets around it and also some really practical advice about how they can get out there. Um, I'm also a spokesperson for UK Match. So I know a fair bit about online dating too. So hopefully we can sort of mishmash, I guess, some really practical steps with also some changes of heart or changes of perspective, which I think is so important actually to keep your motivation and your confidence high as you go on and go through that dating journey. Amazing. Okay. I'm excited to learn. Um, I think probably the first thing is um, a lot of my coaching clients, they want to have a baby. They're very clear about that. But ideally, they'd like to meet someone and have a baby with them. But they're also very aware of their age. So maybe they're coming up to their mid-30s or older into their early 40s. So the most common thing that I hear is, I'm just going to give it six more months to meet somebody. And if I don't meet someone in six months, then I will start pursuing solo motherhood. And I am a prime example of that. I think I probably did that for three years until mm. I was like, I'm out of six months. But what happens is when I ask them what their strategy therefore is to meet someone in that six months they don't necessarily have one what it would be amazing is to hear your advice on if you are giving yourself six months to meet someone or you know just a bit more time how do you actually take control of that situation and put yourself in the best possible position to meet someone would you say 
Well, I love the use of the word strategy because I think so often when we talk about dating, it can seem this like very mystical thing. I always joke that my mum's favourite thing to tell me was, you know, when he's the right one, he'll find you. And I was like, great mum, that's, that's fantastic. But uh, he's not here yet. Um, so I think just like any other area of our lives, if you want to do better or see slightly different results in your dating life, it will require an action plan. It will probably require a lot more time, energy and focus. And we can go down into some details about uh, what that might be in a minute. So you want to actually carve out that time and find a way to be proactive. But at the same time, I think probably one of the biggest hacks for dating is when we approach dating, having a very, very specific and narrow idea of what outcome we want or sort of needing something from someone else and letting, I think, essentially time bully us and create pressure that can, I think, really negatively impact our decision-making process. So it is um, a balancing act, I suppose, for the women out there, because I completely hear you. Uh, unfortunately, our bodies place a kind of a bit of a biological age limit on things. Of course, there's technology and things are improving to help us, you know, have children later in life. But whilst we have that very real biological time pressure, when we approach dating, if we allow that time pressure to sink into our decision-making process too much, it can actually negatively impact our decision-making. And what I mean by that is perhaps either ending, choosing to end relationships or continue on with relationships. Um, and those are not the right, they don't actually turn out to be the right decisions. So I'll give you some examples. It could be that because you're very, very focused on the outcome that you want of having a child, you perhaps are very quick to try to work out, you know, is this guy messing me around? Is he able to give me what I want? You know, and you might start to overanalyze things. You might start to ask your friends, you know, for a bit of, you know, analysis and second opinions on how he's treating you. You might start, stop enjoying the process of getting to know someone and start looking at milestones that you need to have crossed. You might push to, put a label on something because you need to feel like you're getting somewhere. And in fact, all of those traits of acting on a deadline really can ding your decision-making process. And my goal as a coach is, of course, I want to get you to where you want to be as quickly as possible. But sometimes the route to that isn't actually by having a date every single night of the week or needing a particular outcome for someone. We still have to adopt a mindset actually where we can try to let go of some of that outcome independence and try to find a way that we can find the process of dating fun and enjoyable. And whether it's, you know, creating a committed relationship with someone and getting clarity around that or getting to the stage where you're comfortable talking about whether the person you're dating wants to have children all of those the, all of those hurdles are better crossed when you don't feel the need that it has to work out with this guy or that's your last roll on the dice and i think perhaps some of the messaging that you're giving women that there is actually another option that isn't man dependent is actually quite empowering because women can anyone can meet people at very very different stages of their life process and we all have different routes through doing things so i think the message of really focusing on what's your top priority and you know and then having a sort of outcome independence where you know if you meet an amazing person fantastic if you don't that's also okay you're still going to reach your goals and you will meet them in time so i think when you're looking at it there's a, there's that big mindset shift to make and then there's all these little ind individual things you can do to start getting more proactive and 
as I said, I really don't like to believe in that whole like one day my prince will come thing. Instead, I think it's really good to challenge yourself and to think about all of the different th changes you could make to make your dating life, you know, make you able to meet more, more people and the right kind of people. So that could be, have you looked at your online dating profile? Is that really strong? Are you proactively messaging people and making the first move? In non-COVID times, are you comfortable with chatting to people in real life? do you when you meet someone what are your standards and criteria for who you choose to go on a first date with is somewhere in your filtering process could that be looked at is there a way that you can try and um bring less i guess analysis and anxiety into the dating process is the way that is there a way that you could approach your communication more confidently so even though as women i think we've received this message that it's like for i guess love and babies all that stuff that you know one day it either happens or it doesn't and it's just down to fate in fact i think there are so many small actions that you can do every day to move yourself towards that goal and really kind of take control of your dating life i love that idea i think that so many of the women i speak to feel out of control because you want a baby, but you're not directly in control of whether you can meet someone to pursue that. But everything that you're saying is like, how do you put yourself back into the driving seat to take more control, to give yourself the best chance to meet someone? I find that like really exciting. Um, I was sitting here cringing as you were talking at the beginning. <laughs> yes, I've done all of those things. <laughs> um so oh well so have i so have i you know like i don't i'd say this holier than thou i've done i've made pro i probably teach about dating because i've probably made every single dating mistake in the book there was to make i ran out so i had to learn at some point and I, what's funny is for myself personally my big learning point was having a really toxic bad relationship which ended up in me discovering i was pregnant the guy walked out i decided to keep the baby anyway had a miscarriage it was just awful but it was a kind of a big, for me personally, it was a massive wake up call that I needed to change how I was, you know, I need to change the partners I select, was selecting. I needed to change my whole process around stuff because otherwise I wasn't going to be able to, you know, have the kind of relationships that I wanted. And I think the good thing is about as much as it, it's, it's hard <laughs> to accept responsibility and, you know, I've definitely been there Googling, you know, why do I always attract narcissists and all that kind of stuff. But the second you stop and you actually go, you know what, it isn't actually, all this stuff isn't just happening to me. I'm not just meeting all of these, you know, you know, men that aren't right for me. Something is going on here. Something is happening in how I'm choosing people or the people I'm attracted to, which isn't serving me. How can I now adjust, you know, how can I take responsibility and fix that? Because perhaps I've got another goal that's really important to me. You're, you're so correct. And I can really see with myself that my particular one was not ending relationships which were clearly never going to result in what I wanted because mm. I didn't want to feel like I was going backwards and start again. I'm running out of time. I've got to try right. onto this and make it work because it's my last chance. Whereas if I'd really stepped back and thought, no, I'm wasting time because this is never going to result in what I want. I mean, that is such a valuable point. And it's just like, I just know I've definitely felt that way. I bet so many women listening have felt the same thing, which is like just the prospect of starting all over again 
again and like put, putting yourself out there and you know go joining a dating site or you know going on a first date which you, you know just subsequently turns out to be boring a lot of that stuff is just so unappealing to women that the uh, the alternative as you said of staying in a relationship which you know isn't you know deep down isn't going to give you what you want you can hold out a shred of hope that it will seems better and i suppose that kind of links to the sort of coaching or what i like to do with women which is is there a way here that we can make dating fun and enjoyable for you again? Because I think though dating being fun doesn't sound like it matches up with, you know, what you're talking about, which is, you know, trying to find, find a partner to have a child with, it is part of the process. Because as you said, if you're stuck where dating is this like demotivating, energy draining, soul destroying thing, you're either going to avoid engaging with it or you're going to stick with someone just because it stops you having to kind of go back to square one and instead if you can find a way where you enjoy dare i say enjoy the journey and enjoy the process then suddenly actually things start to move a lot more quickly and you find more enjoyment and more reward in the process you make better decisions and then ultimately actually moves you faster towards those end goals I, I love so much that concept because I think we all approach it, my particular audience, with a feeling of absolute dread mm. and probably a bit of despair and, you know, a bit of hopelessness thinking it's probably not going to work. And if you approach something like that, then that's probably what the outcome is going to be. So actually getting a different mindset and approaching it in a completely different way makes me feel really excited about it actually yeah and in terms of mindset shifted you said about changing your outlook that's really important so uh, although I have 100% done this myself in the past if you do do the google on what are red flags I should look out for you know and that's your you, before you're even on the date you're thinking about what are the warning signs this isn't going to go well and I, t I I totally understand where that's come from you know I've had some really bad relationships myself in the past I've worked with a lot of female clients who have had unloving and bad relationships and I understand the desire to not go back to that place but it is so important that you just keep saying to yourself it's like I just trust that there are loads of good men out there for me to meet it is going to be a process to find one that I connect with the level I want to move forwards into a committed relationship but you know I do know there's loads of great guys out there you know try not to see dating as this like I don't know piranha filled lagoon where <laughs> just any step things can go horribly wrong instead you should be like i've had some relationships that haven't worked out in the past i'm a bit more mature now i know myself i know the warning signs i'm gonna stand up for myself i've got my boundaries in place and you know what because of that i feel actually i can make myself feel safe to go out there and really engage and really have fun again and i'm gonna enjoy the process of meeting someone and you know what, I'm not going to go looking for commitment, but if I find a great connection with someone, then yeah, sure, I might be open to it. I think it's so true. I think we, we cover this on um, the group coaching course that I do. So what we um, do on that is, you know, limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. So one of the limiting beliefs that many um, of us have is I, I'm useless at dating or I attract the wrong men. And whereas we then try to reframe it to say, I just haven't met the right person yet. And, and then you're going in with a very different mindset. So I, I really love sort of changing your thinking on that. Also, I think I totally agree with what you're saying about if we could possibly lose the attachment to the outcome 
it would make it so much easier but I think that is the thing that and I can talk from personal experience like I knew that theory absolutely <laughs> um but when you're on the date and you meet someone who actually seems quite nice and then you're like this is it this is the father of my child and you're on date <laughs> one <laughs> I know and you're seeing if their last name how it goes with yours and you're doing all this stuff yeah I've been there so is there any sort of good tips about how to try to lose the sort of outcome that you're trying to look for right I, I think you're so right in saying that you know it's great to have these ideas that is ideals to aspire to but without practical steps to get towards that like you know, it's just like, it's just like those dating truisms, like just be confident or just be yourself. It just doesn't make any sense in the real world. Um, so here's what I would say. If you tend to wear your heart on, the, on your sleeve and you find that generally you don't meet anybody that you particularly like, but then when you do, it's like laser focus on this one person. You kind of get carried away with things and then ultimately often disappointed. First of all, acknowledge it's actually good to be open-minded, to be trusting, um, to believe, to see the good in people. Like these, these aren't qualities. You don't have to suddenly turn into a cynic. Those are actually really good qualities that will ultimately help you to find a partner. However, you need to keep that balanced with staying in the present moment. So if you find yourself getting a bit carried away on those early dates, you've just got to go, you know what? They seem nice at the moment, but I'm just going to spend a bit more time getting to know them, or I'm just going to allow myself a bit of time. Because sometimes when we feel like we really like someone early on, we don't actually really like them. We really like what they represent to us or the image they have in, uh, the image we have of them in our minds. So if someone does tick all the boxes and you have a good connection and, you know, maybe he, you know, says something about how much he loves his niece or whatever on the first day, you could see all the boxes being ticked there and it'd be really easy to take that information and run with it and just project onto him that he's his perfect person. And he isn't, he's just an everyday person like the rest of us with our flaws and things that aren't so great about him. And before you would want to, you know, having a child with someone is a really big deal. Like it really tests your relationship. It's yeah it's just massive and your lives become so much more interdependent than they were before and i think because of that because it's such a hard buy bar for someone to hit you want to think you know what if i'm interviewing for this amazing position in my life you know i need to do a lot of due diligence here i need to make sure that i'm not just falling for a great first impression and that actually i'm allowing myself time to build a real true sense of trust and friendship with this person. So it's all about kind of slowing it down and not having judgments positive or negative because so often I hear from women that they've been seeing someone, they've disappointed them and it's suddenly like he's changed, quote unquote. And the, the, the harsh reality is that he hasn't changed. It's just, you've got to know him better and you've sort of revealed more of the map and it didn't match with what your expectations of him were. And I think if we take the process of dating very slowly, it allows us to not get kind of blindsided so often and to actually form a truer connection to a person. And so that's a, a good example of how sometimes it's counterintuitive that to get towards a goal, like forming a committed relationship with the prospect of having a family, sometimes actually going more slowly at certain stages actually would help you to reach that goal faster. It's such an interesting point, but, but it's just, it's so hard when you're in the moment, but I, everything you're saying makes complete sense. I'm just thinking, as you're talking, I'm just thinking of some of the things I've done, thinking, yeah, definitely would have done that differently and not pushed so much 
taken it slower, got to know them better. And I think one of my problems, and I've been really open about this, is my expectations are so unrealistic based on, honestly, the movies, I think. Right. I know it. But, and yet, if someone isn't coming to my house with cards that they're going to read to me, I'm not happy with, you know, and, and I, I, tr- I think that I genuinely wonder whether I would have found it harder with a partner because of my unrealistic expectations and I would have felt that they were letting me down, whereas really I would have just been expecting something that was madness. Right, and I think a, a good way to check in with your standards and expectations you just got to think well first of all do well, everything that I'm um, is on my d- dream wish list to the partner do I have all those qualities myself you know d- is that something I bring to the table you know am I looking for something because if we're all out there looking for like Christian Grey or something there's going to be a bit of a bum rush towards one particular kind of man and actually you may be missing out on some of the really good guys that are out there so that sort of loops back to what I was speaking about earlier which is when I'm working with women a good thing to look at is our filtering process you know who are we choosing to move forwards with and for what reasons and I think sometimes you know we like to feel a bit have a bit of romance and a bit of pursuit and to feel that desire and to have that guy come in and sweep us off our feet but so often I think that feet sweeping behavior could actually be from someone who doesn't necessarily respect our personal boundaries so again is sort of not really getting to know us has fallen for the image of us And instead, sometimes the men out there, and I work with a lot of men as well, and sometimes guys that are more, I guess, they sincerely know what they want. They're more conscientious. They're less likely to go bowling in there. They might be more, they they might take a sort of more slow and steady, considerate approach. And that doesn't mean that they're, boring or that they can't be exciting or you're not going to have a great sexual connection it just means that how they're showing up for you isn't in this like high octane way and actually I think that's again especially if you're looking for like daddy material here that is so important because you know when you're in parenthood mode you you know you don't first of all you just don't physically have much time for romance anyway and it becomes much less about obviously spending time together as a couple it's much more about a co-op of getting this tiny human to sort of like survive and get through things so partners who are supportive who are considerate who listen who ask for your opinion may not be so feet sweepy in the early stages of dating but they can make brilliant brilliant partners um, especially when it comes to raising a child. So I think it's really good to sort of start to look what's, you know, flicking your, pushing your buttons at the moment and how can you maybe adjust that to, yes, be realistic and also to kind of move towards stability, security, closeness, emotional intimacy, support, and all of those things that are just so important when you do have the baby. I think what is really important to what you say there is, having a baby with someone is really challenging um, because it from the outside it looks like it will be lovely and romantic and you know like it's the dream it's the fairy tale that we're looking at and so lots of women are holding out for that because that's what we want we want the fairy tale of course but the reality is that it's difficult and if you haven't got like a foundation of a, of a relationship if it's a relatively new relationship I'm guessing it can be even more challenging and so I think my view is we need to look really properly at the you know the, the sometimes it's harder 
trying to have a, a new relationship and bring a baby up together than it is doing it on your own in my yeah. um, there's plenty of things that I'm sure are easier but I don't think that I think we need to be aware that it's not a fairy tale and um that there's equally um, a lot of challenges of having a baby in a partnership particularly if it's a new one Right. I mean, funny enough, you said that because I had an example of this in my own life this week where I've been um, sending pictures um, of uh, going out for a family walk with I've got uh, an eight month old son with me and my husband. And we were on the beach. And I sent them to one of my single female friends. And she was like, oh, my God. She was like, you know, ovaries hurting. You know, that's just what I want. And I just had to tell her, I was like, OK, let's just look at the reality behind the picture here, <laughs> which is like baby woke up at 5 a.m., which is really too early. You know, we had getting it out of the house with a baby is like a military operation. Then you get to the beach. Like, luckily my son actually likes the beach now. The first time he was on the beach for three minutes flat before breaking down in a screaming fit, you know, after we'd got there and we had to abort, you know, we get to the beach, we have 45 minutes there before I know I need to get him back in the car. Cause otherwise, you know, to get him home, cause otherwise he's going to fall asleep and be off his schedule. So we don't really have, you know, tons of amazing, you know, time hanging out, having a long romantic walk with our son. In fact, no, it's like bundle him back in the car. He's grumpy because he hates car journeys. Get him into bed, collapse on sofa together. And, you know, that all of that, they say there's so many challenges, isn't there? There's the sleep deprivation. There's a massive increase in workload. There's parenthood makes so many demands on you. I think, as you said, as a couple, and I think looking for someone who rather than rushing that process looking for someone who you think could be really really a really helpful teammate during those times where you tempers will be frayed and you will be tired and you will be overworked it's certainly not the um it looks quite picture postcard but it's really not on the inside of course it's it's amazing. I love being a mum. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but it is important as well to hear a bit of that reality because I think, again, it helps to inform you to start making different decisions maybe about what you're looking for and just what you expect that, you know, romantic interest and love to be like. I totally agree. And actually what most of us are going on is maybe the one beautiful Instagram picture <laughs> yeah. posted of you on the beach. Not you, but you know, I mean one. Um and 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 the and the fairy tale that we've told ourselves on the back of that. And that's what we're inundated with. So it's important to also look at the reality of the situation. I agree. And then a question, um, do you believe that like when you know you know? is it or does it depend is it like you can go on a date and sometimes maybe it takes three dates and you're like oh actually and it's like a slow burner or do you think that usually you can tell like straight away oh this is the one I overthink this and I'm like you know do I like them should I give them another chance I, you know what's your view on that I definitely don't think you can tell someone's the one on a first date a second date a third date in the first month second month or third month <laughs> of dating someone because again if we have that whilst I have told myself convincingly at several points in the past that I've met the one and obviously it's transpired that they weren't the one quote unquote again check in with yourself if we really feel that strength of feeling towards someone we barely know we're not in love with them we're in love with our idea of them and that may be more or less similar to who they actually are in reality so again i would say to steer away from that really romanticized way of looking at things and instead think okay what do i need um 
for myself, I was like, you know what, I want someone who proactively makes the effort to date me because I didn't want to feel like I was, I, I wanted, I guess, to see someone who was really willing. And I think willingness is very important. So if someone's being a bit woolly about commitment or they say, you know, they need to work on themselves for now or you deserve better, then just like get out straight away. I think willingness was something was really high on my um, agenda of something I was looking for. And so I was looking for someone who really made an effort to date me, who was really consistent, really considerate. And I think all of those qualities tend to take time to actually show themselves. So it might not be on those um, first few dates that you understand or appreciate how awesome this person could be. And I think so much of the time, our own expectations and assumptions about a person can get in the way of us actually doing the work to really get to know them. And just as much as you can, I said, discover more of the map and find yourself disappointed that, you know, Prince Charming actually wasn't all that great after all, you can also find positive surprise. Sometimes someone who you thought you necessarily weren't that blown away with at the beginning can actually turn out to be an amazing person and you can fall more and more in love with them. So there's not one way to go about dating and romance. And it's, and I also think as individuals, it's really good to look at kind of just where we're at in our lives. I always joke that when I was about 16, I honestly felt the spark all the time. I was just a spark spark machine with anyone that I happened to be dating. Fast forward until you're into your thirties and your forties, you are more realistic. You're an adult, you've had different experiences in life. And so perhaps wanting to feel that heady high that you felt of the spark that you had when you were younger, where you didn't have responsibilities in the same way, that might not be realistic. Think about how you form friendships with people. I bet everybody listening has got at least one friend they can think of who they maybe that one didn't think it was that great when they first met them, but who over time showed themselves to be an amazing friend and who they, they allow themselves time to really truly connect with them. So I would definitely not go for the the sparky storyline or, or to, or creating a belief about someone that strong who you've only just met. Instead, I'm all about, you've got to stay in the present moment and actually enjoy the process of taking your time to get to know someone. I, I feel like I need to just listen this, to this back on repeat so <laughs> to just remind myself of all this amazing advice. Okay, so the, the last thing I want to just talk about is for, um, I think some women worry that if they decide to go down the solo mum route, that that's it. They're writing themselves off. They're going to be single forever. What's your view on being able to meet someone if you decide to do it in a different order and you have a baby first, then you mm -hmm. want to meet someone? What's your view on how easy that would be? Well, I would always say of this, that there's always reasons why someone may not want to date us. And that could be age, hair colour, political beliefs, or because you've got a child. And on the flip side, there will always be people who are actually either open-minded to that or proactively want that in another person. And I think one of the core things that we all need to look for in relationships is acceptance and support. And so having a child really is, you could choose to view it as being an amazing filter because if you're, um, you know, open and proud about the fact that you're a single mum, yes, some men won't be interested in having a relationship because of that, but there will be, but for some people that's actually going to really speak to them. And perhaps those are the people that you're going to be most aligned with in terms of your values. Um, for instance, though that might, it may surprise you, I've actually, as I mentioned, I work with just as many men as I do women. And 
some men out there do actually love mums <laughs> um, because they admire what the woman is doing or, you know, maybe that they reflect and they're very family orientated. I think that's a really nice thing. So I know that sometimes dating, I think there's so many grim pictures that could be painted of dating, you know, whether it's dating as a single mum, dating in your 40s, dating in your 30s, whatever doesn't matter ultimately there's a lot of people out there in the world there's a lot of single guys and there's a lot of good people as well so i think again it's, it's and it and you only need one good yes you don't need to impress everybody so i would say if you are a single mom you're considering being a single mom you don't i think it's really important to not hesitate on that from i guess a space of fear that that's gonna you know mean that that that's it the end of dating for you i think um, dating probably as a single mom. I don't know how you you found it at the start. I can imagine having just gone through, you know, a babyhood <laughs> with a baby. I can imagine it'd be hard just in terms of you're tired and um, you don't have too much free time. But I think on the other side of that, when, you know, life starts to settle a bit more and you're a bit more in a routine, I think there's all opportunities to meet someone. So I tr try as much as you can to not see that as a limitation. Yeah, do you know, I'm a bit of a weird one because I think I'm quite unusual in that one of the reasons I was so excited by the things you were saying at the beginning is because I really believe that. So um, I had a positive mindset about it. I thought I do, to some extent, enjoy dating. I enjoy meeting new people. And now, and by no means was this the case in the past, but now I haven't got an outcome attached to it because I don't need to meet somebody. There's that time pressure's gone. So mm. the things that I find easier about dating now is that I know what I want. I am not messing around. Um, and I looking to meet someone for that person, not because I'm um, I've got this time pressure on me. So that I find much easier. What's more challenging is the logistical side of mm. it. just trying to find time. And then you start to have like, when would I introduce someone to my child? And, and so there's some stuff like that, but it's all manageable. And I think when you meet a good person, you figure that out and there's no right or wrong. It's just completely depends on your unique situation. But I actually went on my first date when my daughter was 12 weeks old but that was literally because I wanted to check that I could still it. <laughs> I know it sounds weird but I'd had 12 weeks of just baby and no other like adult company and I I honestly sort of skipped to the date and was like <laughs> I'm in normal clothes and I've got makeup on and I'm having a glass of wine with a man and we're not talking about babies and it was amazing and of course you know <laughs> that we just had one date and it was nice and um but it was really nice to just get back out there and I was very upfront and honest with him like I, he knew that I had a new baby so I think it, it really depends. Most of my um, community, I would say, probably don't look to start dating until at least their children are year, a year old. Mm, I think that's I think that's wise. Yeah. <laughs> just as I just said, just because you're just really tired um, yeah. more than anything else. No, definitely. Uh, but I think yeah, you know, you can figure all of it out, and the the weight that is lifted when the time pressure comes off. And I think that's why I really love your advice. If you can remove that time pressure whilst you're still in that situation, if you can find a way to feel less pressure, 
then you'll be better on dates. I certainly, I wasn't my best self on dates. I was, um, I was too controlled by the outcome for sure. Mm -hmm. And that's why I sort of created this program, you know, that I I do called Going Renegade. Well, I do it in times, usually we've got a digital version, but the full, full fat version um, is in non-COVID times where I just started taking women out and teaching them how they could sort of get guys to approach them and teaching them how to meet men and how to enjoy their dates. And on the, on the one hand, it sounded kind of quite, I guess, like a little bit outrageous and really fun, but it had a serious, it has a serious purpose and serious meaning, which is, I think it's so important for women to find ways to restore fun and motivation into their dating lives because without those two vital ingredients you will just end up feeling emotionally drained and you'll run out of steam and the facts are that there is going to be somebody or there's going to be many great potentially great people out there for you but it's about how do you stay the course and keep yourself open-minded motivated you know and enjoying the process enough that you can you know meet enough people and have enough experiences that you can eventually find someone you do connect with to that level I love that. So if someone wants to hear more of this amazing advice, where should they go to get more information? Um, my website is hayleyquinn.com. So H-A-Y-L-E-Y-Q-U-I-N-N. Um, I have lots of courses on there. I have a very active club called the HQ Club, which is a community of women who are all on the same journey. We do a 30 days of dating challenge, which is a really good Kickstarter. Uh, and, you know, there's a great supportive peer learning element there. And also you get advice and kind of webinar tutorials from me. Um, and also a lot of people contact me on Instagram. So you can find me there at Hayley Quinnex. Um, I think we follow each other and um, it'd be just really good. And I think for anything, I think it's so important, so nice, I think for women to hear different stories and different messages around dating that it isn't all pressure it isn't all doom and gloom it's not all like all the good ones are taken and I'm sort of running out of time and I'm living in this hell reality but actually there are ways at all stages of our lives baby or no baby where we can find dating and a life enjoyable and rewarding and it could be about asking yourself I suppose some tough questions about flipping things around about how you can be more accountable how can you change your outlook to really start to yes eventually see different results but more importantly along the way feel really really good about yourself um, I think I'm definitely going to anyone who tells me that they're just going to give it six more months I am sending them in that direction so they can give really six focused dedicated months to getting the outcome they want so I think that'll be fantastic well thank you so much for your time it's been amazing speaking to you I think that'll be so helpful for um, so many of the solo mum community oh my pleasure thanks so much for having me and I can't believe that that is it for series two the time has completely flown by I've spoken to some amazing guests Thank you so much for following the podcast and for supporting me. I would love it if you would rate, review and subscribe. It really helps me to get the word out about the podcast and just help support more women. I'm coming back shortly with series three, which is a collection of amazing stories of solo motherhood in all different circumstances. I can't wait for you to hear from some of the guests that I've got. It will be coming back in April, so watch this space for more.